very good Friday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Friday Live, the Labor Day edition, September 4th, 2020. I'm Jim. And this is Cheryl. First Friday in September. First Friday in September. And And we uh, dressed in our fall colors. We're wearing, it's National Salmon Day. Yeah. If you're watching, if you're watching us, it's National Salmon Day. And we didn't plan it this way either. No. It's meant to be. No. I didn't know. That's right. We didn't plan it this way. And then I thought, gee, should we have worn red, white, and blue? But Labor Day isn't really a patriotic holiday. It is kind of people hang their flags. Yeah, but it's it's more like celebrating uh, and in honor of the workforce, right? Work is good. Labor yeah, is yeah. Honor, a good Honor thing. all the workers. And, of course, this year especially, uh, you know, we pray, for, especially those people who are still without work because um, of the, the right. uh, pandemic. But... Um, you have to move your microphone a little bit to your right because I can't see. We can't see your face. There you go. Oh, okay. <laughs> Don't block your face. Okay. That's why we have TV on now. If you're watching, that's right. Actually, that's if you're listening live at uh, four o'clock on this uh, September fourth, twenty twenty, Eastern Time, you can also watch the program. We're coming to you live on our YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash Domestic Church Media. Also, live video on our Facebook page, Facebook.com/slash Domestic Church Media. And uh, on our homepage, domesticchurchmedia.org. You think that's everything? <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, we're now we're, I'm putting up other. I figured I had to put graphics on this thing, so now I'm like, <sighs> Ooh, are you having fun or is it a juggling act? I, I just a matter of getting used to, a matter of, yes. of knowing where to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, it works. Okay. It works. It adds. Well, today we have a lovely program for you. It's kind of like Ladies' Day. It is. It's uh, because uh, our first guest later on this hour will be Melissa M- Molesky. And actually, Melissa was going to be with us a couple of weeks ago, but we had some technical issues. Uh, but she's going to talk about the supreme vocation of women, according to JP2. Mm-hmm. So she'll be with us. Uh, now, I, you know, I, I haven't heard back from Jim. I'm sure he's down in the um, satellite oh, office yes. today down on Long Beach Island, but I haven't heard back from him. We'll hear if, he, if, we, get, if we don't get in touch with our, our chief meteorologist. We'll just wing the weather here. And I'll just tell you right now, it's going to be a gorgeous few days. So they say. Hopefully he's biking or surfing or whatever one does near the satellite office. We'll see. Uh, Father uh, Gary Koch is with us later on today. I, I put the wrong name on here. It's a good thing I remembered. Mm-hmm. Father Gary. <laughs> Father Gary yes. Koch is our uh, guest reflection giver today. And then later on next hour, oh, our friend from the desert southwest, Phoenix, Arizona, Claire Dwyer will be talking with us. Tomorrow is the Feast of Mother Teresa, St. Teresa of Calcutta. Mm-hmm. And Claire is going to share with us some, in, some uh, stories and some reflections on a letter that Mother Teresa wrote to women 25 years ago. Oh, beautiful. So it is kind of ladies' day. <laughs> I'm buying. <laughs> <laughs> but men, hang in there. You know, we they need used, your support. They used to have, you know, at the ballparks, they had ladies' Ladies. That's right. What, did you get in for free or something? Uh, I mean, you... La- ladies, not me, but <laughs> ladies got in for half price or something. They you didn't, like, dress up or anything? They don't do that anymore. <laughs> right? And they don't do ladies. Yeah, it could day. be no, right? Not PC correct. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, anyway. I think they hardly do anything anymore with all the political correctness. They used to have the businessman special, you know, mm-hmm. all kinds of... <laughs> which I have... I have I mean, who has issues with that? You know, yeah. well, you know, you know what they mean. They're not like... A, right, right. Anyway, well, I guess if you had the businessmans, you know, if they come in their suit and tie, you have to have like the peasants' day. Yeah, I guess. And you just dress in your rags. I guess the blue collar worker. Yeah. Blue collar. Those of us who are blue collar workers. (laughs) 
We're going to pray, and of course, we're still praying our prayer um, for the United States of America. And this is, in fact, Bishop uh, took one with him. He's going to he said he's going to pray it next next Friday. He has that mass for for nine eleven. He yes. says he'll pray this prayer. So. Wonderful. Wonderful. Anyway, we invite you, friends, to join us as well. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Most Holy Trinity, our Father in heaven, who chose Mary as the fairest of your daughters, Holy Spirit, who chose Mary as your spouse, God the Son, who chose Mary as your mother, in union with Mary, we adore your majesty and acknowledge your supreme eternal dominion and authority. Most Holy Trinity, we put the United States of America into the hands of Mary Immaculate in order that she may present the country to you. Through her, we wish to thank you for the great resources of this land and for the freedom which has been its heritage. Through the intercession of Mary, have mercy on the Catholic Church in America. Grant us peace. Have mercy on our president and on all the officers of our government. Grant us a fruitful economy born of justice and charity. Have mercy on capital and industry and labor. Protect the family life of the nations. Guard the precious gift of many religious vocations. Through the intercession of our mother, have mercy on the sick, the tempted, sinners, on all who are in need. Mary, Immaculate Virgin, and our mother and patroness of our land, we praise you and honor you and give ourselves to you. Protect us from every harm. Pray for us that acting always according to your will and the will of your divine Son, we may live and die pleasing to God. Amen. And we'll pray our prayers to St. Michael the Archangel and also the Subtum Presidium prayer to our Blessed Mother. Holy Father asks us to pray these prayers every day to protect the church from the attacks of the devil. And uh, we're also adding to that intention to protect the United States of America uh, from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray. St. Michael the Archangel, Archangel, defend defend us in battle. battle. Be Be our our protection protection against the the wickedness and snares of the the devil. devil. May May God God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, host, by the the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. St. Pope John Paul II. Pray for us, Our Lady of Good Remedy. Pray for us in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And uh, friends, if you would like free copies of the prayer for the United States of America, all you have to do is go to our website and uh, it's domesticchurchmedia.org. And up on top, uh, the word prayer, just place your cursor over the word prayer. A little menu drops down. You click on that. Give us your name, your address, and how many you want, and we will get them out to you free of charge. We even pick up the postage. Uh, just pray them, share them, get them out there. I know uh, I've received a few emails, and I know you did it as well. I think um, your uh, St. Magdalene's did it, uh, parishes that are putting this prayer in their bulletin. Exactly, right. So, right. And I'll say we had a wonderful showing last night. You heard me talk about it last week, maybe the week before. At St. Magdalene's at 7 p.m., we had a holy hour mm-hmm. dedicated to praying for our country. We included this prayer. 
we did the rosary, we had um, a patriotic hymn, we had exposition, benediction, some quiet reflection time. It was very well attended, and um, they loved this particular prayer. I explained mm-hmm. where it came from, um, the uh, shrine of the Immaculate Conception in Washington, D.C. At Its dedication was at 1950? 59. 59, okay. Mm-hmm. I knew it was in the, the late 50s. So um, we're, we're having another one if you want to come and pray with others for this uh, uniting of hearts, minds, and spirits, especially for the protection of our country. So that's going to be October 1st, actually the feast day of St. Therese, mm-hmm. but at night, uh, 7 p.m. at St. Magdalene's. Which, October 1st is less than a month away. I know. Doesn't doesn't make any sense. It's not jibing with my, my internal clock here. <laughs> <laughs> my clock has stood still, but I don't know. It's, it's just so crazy. Mm. It's just so crazy. If you have any questions or comments, uh, you certainly can text us. Our text line is open, and that's 609-493-8255. 609-493-8255. I'll check that throughout the program. Uh, you can text us with any questions or comments that you might have, or maybe what are you doing for Labor Day? <laughs> I guess, and today, the restaurant's open here in New Jersey. That's 25%. right. 25%. So. I wonder if anyone's. Uh, I, I imagine you have to make reservations if they're only permitting a quarter but of now their it's normal the, occupancy. But now this, this weekend, the weather will be so nice, people want to be outside. They want to sit outside. <laughs> they, want, they don't want to be inside. <laughs> but that's good. So they can have some people inside. So extra, sure. And extra people outside. It is supposed to be absolutely fabulous every yeah. single day. Yeah. So yeah. Today, I, I think it's supposed to start drying out. Get out and get that vitamin D. Tomorrow, they said the weather in the morning will be crisp. Mm. Crisp. Like fall. We'll wear our uh, fall colors tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, this could be a fall color, couldn't it? The yeah, salmon? It could be. Yeah. It's, it's still a little. It is National Sorry. Salmon Day. Yeah. You think they have said? I bet they do. I bet there is a National Salmon Day. Somewhere. Oh, I'm sure there's a National Everything <laughs> Day. We'll look it up. There is. There's a website you can go to where you actually um, can you see. You used to day. do that yeah, and, and yeah. maybe make mention of on the program. Now, on a, on a sadder note... Um, I got this in the mail today. So uh, he's a dear friend of ours for many, many years. Um, uh, our friend Gordy Fish. Yes. We've known Gordy for years. And he used to come up and watch, uh, listen, uh, come across the river and listen to the music that we'd have at Mass when we'd do the Mass over there in, in Bucks right, County. Right, right. He was like, well, I don't, I'm not going to say that. Titusville it is area? Titusville, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sadly, his wife Joanne passed on August on August second. Oh. Um, they were saying the rosary, and she had her she suffered from dementia. Oh. Um, she had her rosary beads in her hand, and then she her breathing became very very shallow, and she eventually just stopped breathing and, and passed. So mm-hmm. very peaceful. Um, and he said, "I still he said your station keeps me going, oh. especially when the two of you." have your program together. So. Oh, Gordy, we love you dearly. And it's, yeah, you are talking a number of years, and mm. I know that I have saved He letters. said he still has pictures from the other station. <laughs> so yeah. we've known Gordy, and God and bless Joanne. her. God bless her soul, Joanne. Oh. So, Gordy, thanks for the letter. Thanks for your support, as always, but also especially we, we pray for, for your dear, Peace. dear wife, mm. uh, Joanne, who passed uh, just about a month ago. Uh, so, And then one more quick little letter I got. Um, I was telling the listeners yesterday, whenever I see an envelope like this where the return address is ours, <laughs> and there's no name on it. That's kind of odd. Not really. Usually, if I, I don't get a lot of them, 
but every now and then if <laughs> well, I get you're one. you're so popular, Jim. Yeah, well. So you're saying it's addressed to us. Addressed to us, but the but return the address return. is also DCM. That's kind of With funny. our address, so that it, yeah. it gets to us. One it, way or the other. And we don't know who sent it yeah. anonymously, so I always think, okay, well, this is going to be one of those letters. An anonymous letter is sometimes... <clears throat> And I was dreading it all the way home from the post office. I said, Lord, you know, I really don't need this today. Mm. I opened it up to the man for Donies, Jim and Cheryl. I really enjoy your programming and hope you're, you've gotten enough to sustain the station. Um, although I can only listen from Friday to Sunday. Um, mm. But anyway, they're inspired. she and her husband are inspired by the program. So Aww. it's not what I thought it was going to be. God bless you. Well, <laughs> thank you very much for that because I would have been on the receiving end of that. Not really. You know, if, <laughs> no, you, know, you don't bring stuff I'm home. O- no, I'm always happy if people want to have, have they have comments, right. just leave your name. So we, we can, if we want to respond, we can. Yeah. If it doesn't have any, if there's no name and no return address, I can't answer the question. Right. Oh, you can't engage in a discussion. And I'm we shouldn't fear to. those no, discussions. No, 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 you know, no. you can have a difference of opinion and just intellectually That's discuss right. it. Absolutely. I have no issue with that. But when I saw that there was no name in it. <sighs> okay. Anyway, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, uh, Melissa Molesky is going to join us. And she's going to talk about the supreme vocation of women according to the teaching of John Paul II. So stay where you are, friends. There's more to come on Friday Live. Sometimes going 
Alrighty, welcome back. And this is Jim and Cheryl, and only Jim and Cheryl. <laughs> the same thing happened last time. Without our little friend With Melissa Molesky. I don't know where. What? What's the game here? Anyway, she's written a book called "The Supreme Vocation of Women," according to John, Saint John Paul II. So she must. And be that's very, all we know. Must be a very busy woman. <laughs> Her vocation spilleth over. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe Claire can fill us in on some of this because I'm sure she's read. Actually, it was interesting because Mother Teresa's letter to women that Claire Dwyer is going to talk about mm-hmm. the second hour um, was written kind of as a compliment to John Paul's letter to women. Oh. So they were kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. I didn't even plan it this way, but I guess God had other plans. <laughs> Doesn't so, <he? laughs> Melissa Molesky. You can plan your life away. You can check it out. Uh, I don't even know who the publisher is. <laughs> okay, that's going in the round no, no, file. No, no, okay. oh, what is but you know what? There's no, some, we're being very generous. I know. There were some points on here. They, sometimes the publisher will give you talking points or um, suggested questions or just some highlights of the book if you don't have time to read the book you know, before the person comes on. But one of the points says, why the devil, I guess she addresses this in, in or JP2 addressed, why the devil has a special fear of womanhood and a particular hatred of women. So what do what is your opinion on that, Mary? Yeah, that would be my first thing. You know, she crushes the head of Satan. That's right. And I was, you know, I, I send out these e blasts, uh, um, reminding people to you know to to uh, request the prayer cards that we send out and the prayer to our Blessed Mother to, to for the U.S. And in some past um, e- emails that I sent out, I was quoting from various saints. But one in particular from an exorcist who said that um, when he was a contemporary exorcist, mm-hmm. when he was performing an exorcism, the demon within who had who had possessed this individual uh, told the exorcist, and it may I don't think, I don't think it was um, Gabriel or Morth, but it was an exorcist. But he said that the demon told him that he fears just the sound of her name. Really. Mm-hmm. So do you call out to Mary? Mary. But look at That's all the things, Hannah, we're placing the fate of our country in Mary's hands. And we go to her in times of any sort of trial and suffering. You know, bring bring this dilemma to, your, to the heart of your son, mm-hmm. the Immaculate Heart of Mary connected to the Immaculate Heart of Jesus. And where we look to her as our Heavenly Mother. Right. Um, and 
another point was why the devil seeks to promote an imbalance of power between men and women. So first of all, let's break that down. Well, I think Claire is going to talk about, um, you know, the push today is that men and women are, are the same. They're supposed to be equal. Equal in, equal in dignity, mm-hmm. yes, but they're not equal in other obviously other ways. I mean, right, right. you know, you don't see a, a woman playing professional football. Yeah. And nobody's, no, nobody's questioning that. But, of course, you know why, because there's a difference there. Yes. They, they wouldn't survive it. Right. You know, uh, unless right. it wasn't, uh, you know, a, a freak of nature. Yeah. <laughs> But as far as being equal in dignity, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, there's and no then justice, uh, social justice, where if you're applying for the same position, the, the pay should be the same. Right. You know, an executive of a, of a Fortune 500 company or something. Right. But so the, the imbalance is to think, well, the man, a man would have more power if, there, if there's a woman that can equally as well perform that job. She, she ought to be, have that opportunity. Now, I know when I was growing up, and my mother and father were married 62 years. Mm-hmm. They were married in 1948. Um, and I remember that my mom, she was a stay-at-home mom for the first, you know, number of years until we were in high school or later. Right. But she was home. My father worked every day, had a regular job, a professional, a white collar, was a chemist. But, I mean, his his. Vocation. Coffee, his coffee and oh. his toast would be in where he sits. Yes. And when he was finished, he would leave, and the empty coffee cup and the and the dish were there. No, come on, no, yeah, just the opposite. Yeah, I know. Tell him just the opposite. But um, and nobody that that in her mind and his mind that those were the roles they played, and yeah. you know there wasn't it wasn't degrading. No. You know, it, he was going off to work, and and she was working. That was her her, well, her you know home job, you know home you know. as a homemaker. You know right. you don't want to, but you know these days you have to be so careful about how you address that. You mm-hmm. know, and people today would look at that. Oh, why is she cleaning his his coffee cup? Because that's the way it was then. Yeah, for generations. I mean, the man was the breadwinner, and the woman and, took care of the home. Right, and the children and all that. I mean, you could. There was some little silly thing going around for the long time, naming all those things. You know, they were an organizer. They were a, they were a, a you know daily calendar planner. They were a chef. They're they're all these things, but um, it's true. Now it's know? different. When when we got married, we were both working. Mm-hmm. You know, you know you by had, then times changed. You had you know? a job. I had a job. We had to work. You know, these days especially, and when we got married thirty some years ago. It was almost unless unless one of the two had a very high paying job, you needed two incomes to survive. Exactly, just to survive. And so, you know, it would be unreasonable for me to expect then to leave my coffee cup and plate at my place and expect Everybody you to clean it. Weight. You take yeah. care of yourself, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, my mother never worked either, and she was home. She took care of the house until everybody was grown up, out and gone, and she was kind of looking for something right. to do. She volunteered here and there. And then got a part-time job at the school. I mean, it was it was just fulfilling, and it was a nice little extra income, and uh, that took them into their retirement years. But the way society, you know, viewed it and views it now through the eyes of third millennium feminism, it's a it's a totally, mm-hmm. you know, it's because there may be, and I'm sure there are stay at home women dads? who well no women who st- still you know stay at home and and. Oh. 
feel that, you know, hey, listen, I don't mind doing that for you. You're going off to work. I'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. And vice mm-hmm. versa. You're right. Might, the roles may be reversed. The woman may have the, the high-paying job, and the dad is staying home and being the house exactly. husband, as John Lennon used to call it. Um, but I mean, anything goes, you know, and uh, uh, according to that um, plan. But y- go back to the shows in the fifties and sixties. You know, Leave It to Beaver, Father Knows Best, and the lady would be there in her dress, you know, her apron, an apron, <laughs> right, and even heels, you know, and preparing the meal and greeting the children when they came home from school. Uh, there was something about it. It was a simpler time, you know. The children were safe coming home, and there was no. See, again, through today's prism, people mm-hmm. will will scoff at that, and, and there is nothing wrong with that. Right. Because I think what, what, it, what it did express still was that there was equal dignity. Mm-hmm. The husband wasn't better than the, the wife, and the wife wasn't better than the husband because he was male and she was female. Although I do remember episodes of I Love Lucy where Ricky would spank Lucy. That was the line. That wouldn't over, go today he either. He put her over his knee and spanked her. I, I don't know about that. Well, Lucy was another character. Yeah, it was fiction, obviously. I'm, I'm yeah. assuming he didn't do that. They were really married, and they didn't well, do that in real life. But you know, you look through yeah. it, just like we judge. You know, and without getting into the, the the politics of it, but you know, we judge. We can't judge fifty, sixty, seventy years ago by today's standards because standards have changed. Exactly. You know, and. Um, the idea, though, is, and the point of this, and I'm sure uh, Melissa would have told us this about her book, <laughs> The Supreme Vocation of Women, according to John Paul II, that there is an equal dignity there and that we must always respect that equal dignity. This is just why I don't, I don't understand at all why um, these feminists, these third millennium, millennium feminists who are out protesting this, that, and the other thing aren't standing outside every... Abortion, ab- clinic. abortion clinic, uh, every pornography studio, every you know uh, pickup place for for um, human trafficking. I just read mm-hmm. they they found I think fifty, thirty, or some forty children in Ohio who are victims of of tra- human trafficking. You know, they're and trafficking these children. Yeah, I know it's horrible Ooh. stuff. You know. And so why are they protesting that? I mean, the abuse. Because of there are little girls there in that in that group as well as little boys. You know, oh. it, it just doesn't make any sense. So, mm. uh, anyway, and so when Claire later on, uh, we'll have Claire Dwyer who will join us next hour, and she's going to talk about Mother Teresa's letter on women that was written 25 years ago. Of course, tomorrow. Uh, September 5th is the feast day of St. Teresa of Calcutta. So we'll look forward to having Claire uh, join us uh, and talk about that. And that letter was written, as I said, as a compliment to John Paul's letter that he had written to women uh, around even, the same time. And even it was, I think, under St. John Paul's reign that the women had a respectable place and role and vocation in the church. You know, not only the religious sisters, but third orders and they serve in so many other, you know, heads of the catechism and CCD and, and teachers and lectors and ministries in the parish. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. And again, it's following the order that Jesus himself set forth. The men will be priests and the women have other very important, equally important roles. There are probably more work women to... working in parishes than there are men, probably. right? Yeah, probably. Because of, you know... Uh, Roles, office jobs, and yeah. such, yeah. or professional like yourself. Mm-hmm. I would consider you well, a professional. There's m- men, though, and a lot of men in music ministry that I know. Oh, right, but I'm saying that it, just any given but parish, there probably the, are more women. You know, in the role yeah. of educators and and, uh, and the staff, general you know. parish staff. 
Yeah. yeah. Administrative assistants, pastoral assistants. Business managers. Sure. Right? So sure. There's a role for every everybody. That's right. <laughs> but so, tell the people that I do wash my own dishes. Jim, Not just my own, mind you. <laughs> Sometimes he washes mine. Sometimes? <laughs> Most <laughs> of the time. Well, if they're there. <laughs> they're they're there and dirty. I don't wash them, you wash no, them. No, wait a minute. Don't I come up and pick up your dish after we eat and bring it to the sink? <laughs> if I cooked, it? we share all of our little tasks. We still do because we're both working almost every day. We're both working. Yeah. And hopefully for a long time to come. <laughs> we want to continue eating and having a roof over our head. Any comments, any questions, give the phone number because tell us what color you're wearing today. Tell us if you're... 609-493-8255. That's our text number, our live, real-time text number. You can text us any comments, questions, 609 493 I did get word from Jim, our chief meteorologist. He is available to give the weather. Wonderful. And so we will uh, take a a musical break, and uh, Jim will be here. We want to hear what you're doing this weekend. Are you getting outside? Are you doing something for Labor Day? Are you seeing family? So important. All right, let's take a break, and when we come back, Jim will be here with the weather. Don't go away. There's more to come on Friday Live.
God gave us night and day so we could play and pray together. So now let's see what's headed our way as Jim gives us the weather. All righty, that means it's time for domestic church media meteorologist Jim Hoffman. Who is there, but I didn't turn his mic on. Hey, there hey. it is. <laughs> Hi. Here I am. Here I am. Ah, uh, you are there. And we were wondering, are you in the home base or down in the wonderful, beautiful satellite office? Back to the home base. Whoa. Okay. On a day, on the, well, you're going, oh, yeah. going to be down at the satellite office this weekend. It's going to be beautiful. I'm no, sure you know. Sadly, I'll be at the home base. Oh, <laughs> my. Okay. But we can still enjoy what's in store. I think you're going to make a lot of people happy, Mr. Jim. Yes, and it's, um, you know, I get all the uh, credit for it, by the way. <laughs> Thank you so you know. much for that. Yes. It's been a long, Someone... long summer and a nice way to end the official, well, the official end of summer, but not the real end of summer. Right. 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 Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. It's going to be beautiful. Gosh, today, it's um, it's wonderful out there today. Already. Mm. Uh, y- yesterday was like, oh, it was a little cloudy and rainy and. And the air was so thick, it was so humid. Yes. But uh, today you could feel a little drier. Still warm out there, but um, just beautiful. I was in the pool out back today, and oh, it's just really, really beautiful day. And you know what? Look outside right now. That's what you're in store for for the rest of the weekend. Oh, <laughs> the long weekend. Fabulous. The long so, weekend. That's right. Everybody deserves it. You know, everybody deserves it. It's been a long, tough summer, and some people are still struggling in a variety of different ways. And I just, my first thought are all those restaurant people who, you know, have had to stay closed or be creative how they could serve their food outside under large circus tents and whatnot, that um, they can hopefully rope in some of that income that they're so accustomed to all summer long. Yeah, and for the most part, the the weather cooperated. I mean, th- there was some rain and and thunderstorms mm-hmm. and and a tropical storm or two <laughs> or three. <laughs> but but for the most part, they they did okay. You know, down on on Long Beach Island, you know, just driving up and down the main boulevard there. Um, they a lot of the restaurants had areas that they opened up outside, and you know they they did pretty well. The weather, for the most part, did. Um, uh, you know, work out so that they could, you know, at least get some income. I'm sure they didn't yes. get as much as they have in the past years, but they, they were at least able to keep keep floating, right? Right. No pun intended. <laughs> no, floating. no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, you know, so we hear today that now uh, indoor dining is available, 25% capacity. Yeah. But, uh, Apparently. Yeah, starting to inch ahead, I guess. Twenty-five percent capacity, or one hundred and fifty people, whichever is less. That's the deal. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So, but better than nothing. That's well, I right. always we'll said, yeah. I'm sure when you give the weather report, they're going to say, "Why would I want to sit inside on a weekend like this?" <laughs> That's right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's going to be just beautiful. Well, right now, as I said, it's beautiful out there. Ewing, it's 86. Freehold, 87. Hamilton by the Atlantic City Airport, 88. Hamilton, 86. Cape May, 86. Beach Haven, 82 degrees. And Seaside Heights, 81. Just a little cooler, a little cooler down by the beach. Gorgeous. So um, tonight, mostly clear, low around 60. Beautiful evening and, and night tonight. Saturday, sunny with a high near 80. Saturday night, mostly clear, low around 60 again. Sunday, sunny, high near 83. Sunday night, mostly clear, low around 60.
Labor Day, sunny, high near 83. And as we look into the rest of the week, looks like Tuesday, another good day, sunny. The next chance of any rain is uh, Wednesday into Wednesday night and maybe uh, lasting into Thursday. Um, with temperatures, typically, yeah, we're looking in the low to mid-80s and lows in the 60s. So not too bad, especially this weekend. You know, get out and enjoy it. Uh, it's it's going to be beautiful, very beautiful, uh, you know, cool cool temperatures at night um uh, for sleeping and just mm. nice mild but temperatures during the day a little touch have of a great fall time. a little touch of fall at night yeah now on, and have a blast now after labor <laughs> that's right after labor day do you uh you, you like don't you visit still visit the satellite office in september or is that like you, you'll go officially by the the holiday season oh uh, we uh so i was there most of the summer a couple of my kids worked um worked there the summer, so I had to babysit them, of course. So oh. I, you know, oh, I sure. stayed down there most of the sure. time. We don't so want them nice, to get it. Was nice, yeah. It was nice taking my lunch breaks on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> we feel um, for you, Jim. We're feeling for you. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> but with school starting and everything, we're That's hanging right. out here. Um, yeah. You know, just getting ready for school, which starts the uh, day after Labor Day. Okay. Wow. Okay. Well, so good luck with that. Please tell them. Good yes, luck. and have a have a okay. wonderful Labor Day weekend, you and Jackie and all the kids and. Uh, we thank you again for all you do for us here. We appreciate that, and we'll look forward to speaking with you next week. Thanks for the opportunity to spend my Friday afternoons with you, and have a great weekend. <laughs> all right, Jim. Thank you Thanks. so much, God bless Jim. you. Thank you. God gave us night and day so we could play and pray together. So now let's see what's headed our way as Jim gives us the weather. Tune. Yeah, time to name that Catholic tune. Mm-hmm. <laughs> time to name that Catholic jingle. I mean, do we need a new jingle for anything? I'm... I don't think we can afford it. <laughs> Not now. No, he's doing great work. Anthony's become a little, little successful. I don't think he can take 50 bucks for a jingle anymore. No, he might ask for a little more money than that. <laughs> That's right. But he certainly has a knack for that. He's a yeah. little built-in talent. Maybe he would do it out of the goodness of his heart to his, old, to his elderly to... parents. <laughs> Didn't you used to write like a few little things? Oh, sure. I have a whole, yeah, I have a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> Which is I was, probably I was a... more. I was more into pop music. Not quite I've written. A... Although we did, we did a, our first uh, tape mm-hmm. was all my original stuff that we did. It was, right. it was religious, you know, Mother of Mercy, and right. Come to Me, which we play every day here in the program. And you know, it just it just dawned on me. I just remembered. Um, uh, it was a few weeks ago that we said we were going to play the wedding song, and we didn't pull we that didn't up. Pull it up. So I um, I will write it down. If I write it down on my little list of things to do, I will recollect that next time around, and we can play that for the people. We both sound. Well, I guess younger, higher pitched. More. Younger. Well, there we have a we have a tape of us singing. And notice he says tape. Tape. So that's that right. Di- that will date. Well, I the digi- I digitalized it. I mean, but yeah. the original is a tape, a cassette tape. But we, uh, it was before we got married. Yes. Well, you were playing piano. We had a drummer, and I was doing the Sinatra thing. We have a mm-hmm. number of songs there. Right. And then you and I went into. We were living in Arizona, before the children. The first year we were there, and in one of the malls, they had a karaoke booth. Remember yeah, that? Yeah. And we Where recorded a number record, of songs. Yeah. We recorded the wedding song. Right. 
I think that's where it was. You did New York. No, music. no, 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 not 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 um, not wherever you go, but the, the wedding song that we recorded that in that booth. The, yes, that's what oh, I'm so that's thinking. What you're, of. Oh, you were talking that's about that. What okay. I'm thinking oh, I see. Okay. Of. Right, right. And that was a long time ago. I <laughs> know. A karaoke. And if you you know if you search on YouTube, you find all kinds of stuff. So. <laughs> Who knows yes, what you find on there? Just go out and enjoy the beautiful weather this That's weekend. Right. Don't okay. don't spend your time on YouTube. Because right now we're going to play Name That Catholic Tune. And, of course, Cheryl's going to give information and facts about today's uh, tune. And then uh, she's going to play a little bit of it on the keyboard. And when you think you know what it is after she plays it, give us a call here at 609-493-8255. That's 609-493-8255. When you think you know what it is, and you can win a fabulous prize, 609-493-8255. So give us some clues about today's Catholic tune. This hymn is still in hymnals, even though it was written way back right after Vatican II when they started writing hymns in the vernacular language for congregational singing. But it is still uh, out there and probably sung at many different parishes. It was just um, very well known. It's, It's short. It's simple. Father Lucian Dees, D-I-E-S-S, is it Dees? I always said Dees. Dees. That's really how it's spelled. It might be Dees. But he was uh, born and raised in France, studied. Then it was Dees. Yeah, I know. This is probably a better pronunciation. But uh, Father Lucian studied um, classical and chant in France, in Rome. He was born in 1921 and died in 2007. So a nice, long, rich, sacred music life. Um, And he was responsible for when hymns were starting to be published and some of those early hymn books. He was um, very careful about overseeing that the hymns were scripturally based. As you know, since Vatican II, there's been an explosion of hymn writing in the vernacular, and he was there to combat too much creativity that they wouldn't go out, you know, off the deep end. And he wanted to keep all the text scripturally based. So this is definitely, I think it's from Timothy chapter 2. Um, and he also, because he studied chant in Rome, his music has a mix, if you can imagine this, of a little bit of that folk style that started to emerge in the 60s and 70s. A little bit of folk style, but also mixed with free chant, where it wasn't real rhythmic. It was just off kilter in that it was chant and not very metrical. And here, I think, is going to be the the biggest clue. This hymn, the refrain, was used as a memorial acclamation after the Holy Holy and before our Amen during all the Eucharistic prayers. Like now will we do save a Savior of the world Mm -hmm. or Lord by your cross and resurrection. This Oh that's right. I remember. That's remember. And it really wasn't it wasn't supposed to be. It was not an accepted. It wasn't one of the official. F- there's four accepted texts, and there are still four accepted texts. Yes, they have mm. changed, but this one was used everywhere, and it really wasn't supposed to be. So this is what. Okay, it six six zero nine four nine three eight two five five. That's the number you can call when you think you know what today's Catholic tune is. Six zero nine. Four nine three eight two five five. Let's hear a little snippet of today's tune. Ooh, ooh, okay. Six oh nine four nine three 
800-242-8255. You can call right now when you think you know what that tune is. 609-493-8255. No contestants yet. You might have to play another play it again. Play a little bit more. Give them a, give them a, give them a second chance. And uh, you know, I'm going on memory here. I, I don't have my hymnal, so I'm trying to picture the music in my head. Six. Ooh. What is that Catholic tune? Can you name that Catholic tune? You may have stumped our audience today. It's old. Somebody's calling. Someone always gets it. Of course. Hi, you're on the air. What's your name and where are you calling from? I'm Karen, and I am calling from Farmingdale, New Jersey. Karen from Farmingdale. Okay, Karen. What do you think today's Catholic tune is? Thank you. Uh, Keep in mind that Jesus Christ has died for us and is risen from the dead. You got it. Not only did Karen guess the song, she's singing it. She's for singing us. it so beautifully for us. Beautiful, wonderful, Karen, Karen in Farmingdale. Great job. Choir for quite a while. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I love okay. Catholic music. So oh. there you go. Well, Do you remember good. when that was sung as you know, instead of Christ has died, Chris has risen. That that was one of the ones used. Did that do that in your area? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We did it at our place too, and I guess technically we weren't supposed to, but it is scriptural, you know. What's your What's your choir parish there? What that you're not singing at right now? <laughs> uh, I um, I belong to St. Gabriel's oh, okay. in uh, Marlboro. In Marlboro, sure. And and we moved uh, to Farmingdale, so I'm now currently in St. Mary's Parish, Coltsneck. Oh, Coltsneck. Okay, oh, very yes. good. Beautiful yeah. parish. Okay, great. Well, I tell but you both what. Both of them are great parishes, really. Yes, yes. and I, I'm sure you are a great addition to whichever parish you belong to. Nice voice. Yeah, nice voice, Karen. <laughs> Good great job. job. Thank you, thank you. Now, don't hang uh, up. Uh, are you... I'm out of tune because I'm not in church singing, but I do go to Mass, daily Mass. I've started uh, receiving the Eucharist again. So oh, every... good. Trying to get back to yes. normal, and I'm, I'm praying that in the, in the weeks ahead we'll we'll be back. Amen, oh. amen, Karen. Yes, from yes. your mouth we'll to God's ears. For that. Yeah. Uh, now don't hang up. That's it. Don't are you? Uh, don't hang up. I'm going to put you on hold for a moment, and Cheryl's going to get on the phone with you and uh, take some information. Okay. Thank you so much, Jim and, and Cheryl. You do a beautiful job. I love listening. Thank oh, you, and thanks for playing along. You stay right where you are. And friends, don't you go away. We're going to come back with more. Now, here actually is the hymn, Keep in Mind.
Well, okay. Congratulations to Karen, who is our big winner today. And uh, you can come on the air and sing anytime. That's right. So. So you remember? I think we used to play that when we used to do our Saturday night vigil mass. Did we really? For years and years, yeah. There was a priest. Didn't he ask for this? Didn't he ask for this one? You mean Father Tom? <laughs> we, we had a couple of moments <laughs> no, Father Tom. there with Father Tom. God bless him. I think he's out in Chicago now. Yeah. He was a bit on the liberal well, side. Yeah. But he was yeah. from the, from the, you know. Anyway, I, anyway. No, no, what it was, he came up at the beginning of Mass, and I was playing, the, it was Christmas time. Yeah. Oh, okay. I remember. And but, I was playing, you know, the guitar and, and singing, opening him, and he came up, and he, as he walked by, he goes, for the memorial acclamation, do, oh, come, let us adore him. Right. So it wasn't this one. But again, it was one that was not one of the accepted four. So he wanted instead of, what What are the four, are, you know? Um, well, at that time, it was Christ has died, Christ has risen. That's right. Risen. So instead of one of those four mm-hmm. officially approved, he asked me to play, oh, come, let us adore him. from right. oh, come, oh, come, oh, come, oh, you faithful. And Father Tom was not a fan of Latin. <laughs> Yes, just as a side note. So I thought, well, we really can't do that. I want you to play, Oh, Come, Let Us Adore Him. I said, okay. So when it came time for the memorial acclamation, I said, Venite adoremus, venite. But to remember, he said, and now Jim has a special acclamation. Oh, he did introduce it even. Ridiculous. ridiculous. Everybody's being set up. God bless him. But anyway, I did did it in Latin, so touche. Oh, boy, oh, boy. No place for that there. Oh, not at all. But in those days, you know. But people are coming back to church in other news. Like Karen said, she finally felt, you know, comfortable. She's going back, and they're increasing the numbers allowed but still within all the safety guidelines, as the bishop said a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. And um, I know at our place, they've opened up. We have this chapel that backs up uh, to the main body of the church with doors that could be closed. Well, those doors are going to remain open, so you have the whole extended chapel area, and people can so spread out so we can have 150 people. So be not afraid, John Paul II said. All right, well, there's another big hour of Friday Live coming up, so we're going to break away. If you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, our homepage, our video breaks away for a few minutes, comes back at 5 o'clock. Friends listening, uh, stay right where you are. Uh, We'll take a quick break and be back at 5 with more Friday Live, so don't go away.
60 Seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. Because God knows all things and because he is creator, it follows that every single thing in the world was made according to an idea or a pattern existing in the divine mind. Look round about you. You see a bridge, a statue, a painting, a building. Before any of these things began to be, they existed in the mind of the one who designed or planned them. In like manner, there is not a tree, a flower, a bird, an insect in the world that does not in some way correspond to an idea existing in the divine mind. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Do you love praying for people? Have you ever wanted to use your gift of prayer to share Jesus with others and build up the body of Christ? Start a public prayer station with St. Paul Street Evangelization. Listen to people's needs, pray with them, or invite them to meet you at church. St. Paul Street Evangelization can help you get started. Find out how at streetevangelization.com. That's streetevangelization.com. I'm Cheryl. I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting, and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the gospel, communicating hope, on these domestic church media stations. Uh, started drinking beer on Saturday nights, uh, sleeping in on Sunday mornings, missing mass, and then it just became a pattern and continued. Without God, I don't know where I'd be right now. I feel like I'm whole again. I know the importance of the Eucharist. I know the importance of the sacraments that I didn't know at a young age. I follow God's will because my desire is to get to heaven. Our, our lives are rich and full by being members of the church. If you've been away from the Catholic Church, visit catholicscomehome.org. 60 Seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. Now, in order to understand the knowledge of God, you must make a distinction between foreknowledge and predetermination. The two are not identical. God, indeed, does foreknow everything, but he does not predetermine us independently of our will and our merits. Just suppose that you knew the stock market very well, and because of your superior knowledge of business conditions, you said that such and such a stock within six months, would be selling 10 points higher than it is now. Suppose six months later it actually sold 10 points higher. Would you have predetermined and caused it to be 10 points higher? Although you foreknew it. There were other influences, were there not, besides your superior knowledge? The people you know and trust are on EWTN. 
We asked people all over America, what have you done for your marriage today? It's a good question. Boy, I gave a huge hug this morning, like a really big squeeze. I took the baby while she worked. I got up with the baby while he slept. Yeah. We've actually organized a date night tonight. I cooked my husband's favorite breakfast. Well, I've done today what I usually do, and that is obey. What have you done for your marriage today? Don't forget the small stuff. Need ideas? Go to foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Communication Campaign. This is WFJS 1260 AM Trenton, WFJS 89.3 FM Freehold, WGYM 1580 AM Hamilton, and WSMJ 91.9 FM North Wildwood, Cape May. Communicating hope on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. my friends another hour of friday live here on this uh, lovely september 4th 2020 we are beginning our labor day weekend and the end of official end to summer although i did no september 1st was like the meteorological end of Mm. summer or something and this then seasonally, like, you know, when you get so your beach passes three, three and all weeks, that, it's yeah. supposed to be Memorial Day to Labor Day. But I heard that to save those, if you have a season beach tag for some of those sure yeah. towns, to save it because they're going to extend the beach season to September 30th. Yeah, they make, make so they up for lost <laughs> money. <laughs> used to be you didn't have to pay after Labor Day? Exactly right. Mm-hmm. And then probably no lifeguards. So... That's the question. You know, a lot of these mm. lifeguards go back to school. Will will they charge you to get on the beach? Yet maybe there's still no lifeguard. I don't know. That'd be odd if they charge you no lifeguard. I know that wouldn't be quite right. Every beach is just a statewide Not every, thing. No, okay. it's a p- per town per you know per so beach town. Individual municipality. Okay. So you want to check that out. All right, well, we're going to start with our gospel for this Sunday, the 23rd Sunday in Ordinary Time, and that will be followed up by our friend Father Gary Koch, who will give a reflection today. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have won over your brother. If he does not listen, take one or two others along with you so that every fact may be established on the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell the church. If he refuses to listen even to the church, then treat him as you would a Gentile or a tax collector. Amen, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, amen, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything for which they are to pray, it shall be granted to them by my heavenly Father. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Lord Jesus Christ. The practice of fraternal correction is an ancient one. It predates Jesus' instruction to the disciples in the Gospel for this 23rd Sunday of the year. 
and it finds a place in the law codes of various religious communities and in the church as a whole. It is seen as necessary not only for the good working of society, but also for the growth and development of the individual person. Every parent knows the necessity of correcting the bad habits, misjudgments, or poor behavior of their children. In the workplace, we know the need to make sure that employees who miss the mark are called on the carpet for their shortcomings or missteps. Some form of discipline or correction is essential for the well-being of any organization. Given the strict guidelines in place now in light of the pandemic and the ensuing lockdown, we impose new rules for interpersonal interaction, including social distancing and the wearing of masks. Those who refuse to comply are admonished and challenged even by strangers. Certainly the need to enforce social norms was true for the Jewish community, where clear guidelines for correction of those who had lost their way was essential in maintaining the covenant with the Lord. This is, after all, the primary role of the prophets. They announced to Israel the judgment of the Lord in light of their sinfulness and in their abandoning of the demands of the covenant. Jesus extends the same notion of fraternal correction to his disciples and then to the church. When someone strays from the moral life, abandons the faith, or gets caught up in fanciful ideas, it is the role of the community to challenge that person to repentance and to conversion. The church has traditionally exercised this authority through excommunication. The purpose of excommunication is not to be a final punishment in itself, but rather to shock the person into right thinking or acting in light of being excommunicated. The Amish Mennonites practice maidong, a form of shunning for those members who have broken the strict and disciplinary moral codes of the community. Orthodox Jews impose a hiram as a form of absolute censure and exclusion. Other religious and social groups employ forms of shunning and communal discipline as well. As the events of the past year or so reveal, public shaming and a form of social correction are rippling through our society. Fueled by political correctness, it seems that some people have run amok with condemnations, ridicule, protests, iconoclasm, and expressions of intolerance against those deemed intolerant. Absent, however, any grasp of fundamental and absolute moral principles, this form of correction is haphazard and will inevitably fall under its own hubris. The call of Jesus is to develop and work first within the context of a personal relationship. Outside of such a relationship, attempts at correction, even by the most well-intentioned of individuals, can be more harmful than helpful. I witnessed a situation some time ago where an elderly parishioner chastised a mother and her daughter over the girl's behavior in church. The parishioner was unaware of the extensive special needs of the girl, and the mother was doing the best that she could to keep her daughter on the periphery, and yet it was not what the other person needed or expected. There then ensued a situation where one failed and hurtful attempt at fraternal correction demanded the fraternal correction of the presumed corrector. It is not emotion or our own needs that stand as the benchwork for assisting other people in learning and searching for the truth. Instead, it is the truth of the gospel and the demands of the moral life that are the canon by which we are called to respond to in faith. None of us is a law unto ourselves. 
we are instead all subject to the natural moral law and to the law as revealed to us through the scriptures and the church. This becomes more challenging. It is easy to demand that others conform to the way that we want them to live. It is often much harder for me to live up to the way that the gospel calls me to live. When someone fails, as we all inevitably do, that is called sin. Then we encourage and admonish, not so that we can feel good about ourselves, but so that the other person can be challenged to reflect on his or herself. Fraternal correction exists within the framework of a dialogue. When it becomes, I'm right and you're wrong, it fails to test of correction and becomes an act of hubris and judgment.
the drums. <laughs> oh, I see. You're playing the air bongo over there. No, I was working with my graphics, my my video graphics. <laughs> you're you're having fun. I know that you are. No, once I get the hang of it, it'll be it'll be cool. It's cool. Absolutely. Cool. See, I'm getting ready for like the bigger things, the bigger the bigger television productions are going to be doing that I want to do. Okay. All right. Yeah. It keeps you young. All it these does. projects and ambitions. I was telling, the, of course, by the way, it is First Friday, and, and you know you heard Bishop O'Connell before our program. Coming up at 6 o'clock, uh, Bill Maher and George Rose will be here. And um, then at 7 o'clock, Father Steve DeLacy oh, with the Vocation good. Hour, brand new edition of that program. We knew Father Steve when he was back in seminary, right? That's right. We visited for a tour. Remember, it was like we a— broadcast, actually. It was an open house. Oh, they, they used were to have open houses at yeah, St. Charles. St. Charles mm-hmm. Seminary in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And they have so much beautiful artwork. Although now, is it even open anymore? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They have this. They're going to apparently sell it. But oh. a beautiful, beautiful area and beautiful property. Yes. Worth a lot of money, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Sadly, it's not full. No, but that's when we met um, Stephen Father, DeLacy Father as Steve, yeah. se- seminarian before he was ordained. Mm-hmm. He was on fire. I remember his enthusiasm was just bursting at the seams and still is. He does a wonderful job, and I'm sure he's like a Pied Piper or a magnet when it comes to drawing young people into considering vocation. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that program comes up. And then tomorrow, um, Bill and George repeat at 11 o'clock in the morning. Father Steve repeats at 5 o'clock, and then uh, Bishop at 4 tomorrow. And then on Sunday, Bishop will be on at 10 o'clock, repeat of that program. It was so. good to see him again, too. He yeah, he, good. he looked good. Yeah. He looked A little good. facial hair. Yeah, he, every now and then the beard pops out. The quarantine beard. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I was telling you the other day, and I finished it last night, I, I, I enjoy biographies, you know, just I like you know, to read and watch about like last last summer around this time, I read a biography on Johnny Carson. Mm. I'm not talking about famous people. I, I do the saints thing too, but just ordinary people to see where God may have been leading them, where they may have made a, a turn, a that, wrong turn, not or? a wrong turn, because everything mm. works to God's you know, for the good. Mm. But um, so I was reading Sinatra's. There's a book that his his um, um, manager wrote about the last years of his life, from like maybe the the mid 80s until his death in 1998 and um it mentions actually it was, it was he was talking about the the uh, tours that he would go on when he was in his 70s and we mm-hmm. saw him i was thinking we saw him you and i saw him in, in arizona. arizona twice right we saw him at the uh, university he did one in the, in the amphitheater there or the theater mm-hmm. and then we saw him i don't know if it was the same place was it he frank sammy and liza came liza i think it was the same it was a same venue a great stage in tempe yeah, yeah. Uh, but I had also seen him in Carnegie Hall, and I had seen him at Atlantic City, and they would mention these things and the, just back backstories. You know, Frank Sinatra, obviously, you know, he didn't live a perfect life. Uh, none of us do. Mm-hmm. Um, but this manager was also the manager of Liza Minnelli, and uh, this, he was telling the story in the book that Liza was doing a concert in Rome in, in the mid-'80s, and they were there in the hotel, and this Vatican, and the, uh, this, the Roman, the, the Italy, uh, Italian security came over. We got a call from the Vatican. John Paul, Pope John Paul, would like to meet Liza. <laughs> <laughs> now that think, seems like two pieces of not the right? same puzzle. John Paul II, <laughs> he said he wanted to meet Liza. He heard she was in town. Could she come to the Vatican so I could meet her? Right. So they said, they asked Liza, would you like to go meet the Pope? Now, Liza... You know, I know her mother was not Catholic. I would imagine her father, Manelli, 
probably was raised Catholic, wasn't, probably wasn't a practicing Catholic. I shouldn't say, I don't know. But, mm. um, but Liza was thrilled, and she didn't want to go by herself. So she went, she asked the, this gentleman who wrote the book, his last name was Weissman, who was Jewish, obviously, but he married an Italian woman, uh, American, but of Italian descent. So he said, would Maria want to come with me? So, oh, yes. So Maria and Liza oh. went to the Vatican. They escorted them up into the, the papal palace. <laughs> and um, What a thrill. There's John Paul. And John Paul greeted them, and he, he went over to them, and he, he put his hands on each of them and blessed them. And they said Liza was so frightened. She was frightened. And the first thing John Paul said to Liza Minnelli was, I hear you've been married many times. <laughs> I bet she was more frightened. How do you answer and that? She, and she didn't, she didn't answer. No, just kind of oh, go, oh, I'm in trouble. And he said, are you married now? And she said, oh, yes, to a wonderful man. And so he said, I loved your mother. And, oh. and she said, I did too. And he went over to a drawer, and he opened the drawer, and he got out rosaries, and he gave each of them a set of rosaries, nice. and gave them another blessing, and sent them on their way. And you wouldn't think that really happened, but there was a picture of Liza Minnelli there with John Paul too. Wow. And she had on this like round hat, and she was all in black, typical Liza, not in her <laughs> stage outfit, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> no sequence. <laughs> no miniskirts. <laughs> but um, she went back, and I guess I guess later on, somewhere down the road, the, the Sinatra happened to be in Europe too, and he met up. They, you know, they they knew each other. And she said, I met the Pope. I met John Paul, too. And Sinatra said, yeah, I met him a couple years ago. He wanted to see me, and I, he called me to the Vatican. I went to see him. And, uh, and she said, he gave me a very special gift. He gave me a, rosaries. And, and Sinatra said, well, he gave me a special gift, too. And she said, what did he give you, rosaries? And he said, no. He told me it was a piece of the real cross. Oh, my. So Pope John Paul II gave Sinatra a true relic, uh, of the, uh, a relic of the true cross. Mm-hmm. Sinatra seemed to know he was raised Catholic. Sure seemed to know what it was. And, and Liza said, well, what did you do with it? And he said, I have it hanging on my bedpost at home. Wow. I don't know whatever happened to it because he passed away over 20 years ago. But yeah. I thought that, just to see how, you know, John Paul. And, and most and he, people wouldn't know that you wouldn't about know either the background. one of those stars. Right. You know, and both he gave gave Liza a set of, a pair, a set of rosaries and gave Sinatra a true relic, a relic of the true cross. And none of us can judge. It was, uh, I think, the first reading today. Like, it's not our place to judge in those final moments what came over either one of their hearts or how maybe internally well, Liza's still they alive. Uh, right. Well, yeah. <laughs> right. Liza's but, still with us. And in the last moments, what might come well, over her heart or what her journey this, is now or what is, it's, how it might be affecting her life now. This... Um, this author, this this uh, Mr. Weissman, who wrote the book, said he never knew Sinatra to be a, a religious man. Yeah. Um, but he did. He said in the last years of his life, he did he did share with him. They were very. He, he was like one of you know Sinatra was kind of like me. He did. You don't have a lot of close friends. You just you, very few confidants. And mm. if you're you know when when your loyalty is there, you're in. You know. So. Anyway, he Sinatra. He said in his in the last years he would pray. He would pray. And he would pray in thanking God for the for for his life for oh, what he did for him. Yeah. So you know, I mean, you never know, and you pray that that these this, his soul is is with the Lord now, and and um, he was very very philanthropic. Mm. I tell the story. I tell the story because um, I can't remember his name. Oh my goodness, what was his name? What from, is his name? From the. Um, Good counsel. Good home. count. Yeah, up in. I know. He was here. Uh, Chris. Chris. Let's just call him Chris. Yes. But the founder good of the Good Council Homes. Homes. Yeah. He tells the story. He told us the story that when he opened his first house, 
in Hoboken, mm-hmm. his first home, a good council home. And this, again, this Mr. Weissman in his book said Sinatra, wherever he was, he would always like to read, pa- read, read the local papers and see what was going on. And he would say, if he saw a story about someone who was in need, send them $5,000 or whatever, wow. he, whatever he would do. Yes, I had a good heart. So here he saw this article about um, the, uh, the, the good council home, and he called, and he got the phone. Mr. Frank Sinatra's on the phone. He thought, really, Sinatra? And he said, I just read a story in the Hoboken paper about what you're doing there, and I just want to help you out. He goes, under one condition, you don't tell anybody I'm doing this. He wanted to remain anonymous. It always had to be anonymous. And he said he gave him $10,000 anonymously. And And now he has homes all over New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. So you just never know, you know, what's in the heart. You know, a lot of people go through these... They live lives that you, from the out, the outside looking in, you think, my goodness, you know, that person, mm. he was married four times, you know. He, but that internal transformation and journey and, and change of heart. I mean, he made his know? first communion. He made his sacraments. Mm-hmm. He was, he was a practice, you know, his family was, a, you know, a Catholic. Um, you know, I, I remember your mom always liked to read the biographies. Yeah, I enjoy them. Christmas, it was always an easy gift for yeah, her right. because she liked to read Ronald Reagan or yeah. whoever it might be, Bob yeah. Hope. Yeah, no, I just I think I always found them whether it be a book or or a film, but biography just to find out about their lives. Like we, there's a show on on Sunday night that I put on every now and then of yeah uh, the autopsies. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit beyond the biography. <laughs> it's a little bit more macabre. You're talking about the end, uh, but it's people. It's, it's famous people who have passed away, and and but it digs an, into the detail of their lives. Right there's a a, a um uh, what do they call him a uh, what do you call him, the autopsy doctor? Wow. Quincy Quincy was one. <laughs> Um, (laughs) the medical examiner, whatever. And this is a real doctor, and he does, he he examines the death certificates of these famous people, then kind of delves into, you know, their lifestyle, what may have really been the reason for their death. But then it also covers their biography of their story, Mm -hmm. of where they were, how they grew up, Mm -hmm. and the influence. Interesting. You know, what influences someone to turn a certain way? And, and, you know, and only God knows the soul. Only God can can read the soul and, and know why that person took that route. You know, why do so many of these famous people like Judy Garland and, and Elvis get mixed up in drugs and, mm. you know, to the point of killing them? Yeah. What is yeah. their internal struggle? What did they experience as children? God knows that. Yes. You know, I mean, Elvis sang the rosary song, so he's, he couldn't have been, <laughs> you know, who knows what his inner what his inner journey was, where mm-hmm. he was going, mm-hmm. you know? So I always enjoyed that. But I thought, I thought it was so neat to hear the John Paul. First question, Liza Benelli. I hear you've been married many times. <laughs> Almost like Jesus with the woman at the well. <laughs> You're right. You don't have one. You've had five of them. <laughs> and Liza, they said she was like speechless. What do I say now? Well, the, to meet the, someone of that magnitude, the, a figurehead. The Pope just said you've been married many times. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> but he blessed her and, and gave her rosaries. And who knows where mm. those rosaries are today, maybe. Because, you know, we did, not we, but sure, uh, Angela. Our daughter met her, Liza. Yeah, I got to speak with her for a few minutes. At that little club in New York that time. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, who knows? It's, I, just, I would just always think it's, it's, you just know what, you know, you, you always, you don't want to judge. Jesus said don't judge. Mm-hmm. You'd never know what, uh, why people are the way they are mm-hmm. and what drove them to a certain lifestyle or to a certain, of course, money will always have, uh, you know, wealth will always have an effect on people's lives sure. in many ways, different ways. You know, I looked at, you know, you look at some of these people and they, the houses they live in and two, three, four houses. Why do you need four houses? Exactly. You know, <laughs> well, yeah. I just don't and, get it. You know, a six car garage mm. because they have so many vehicles and it's to excess, which is sinful in 
of itself. If it's abused. Gluttony. If it's abused. I mean, you know, there's nothing wrong with wealth. Wealth is not a sin. It's how you use it. And you know many good people who have that type of wealth who are also as very philanthropic. Sure, sure, who give and, and, and... you know, I don't know. I, I always think that we always, I always prayed to win the lottery, but I think it would really have destroyed me. Well, you know, it does To my change. excesses, you know, would have, would have fed my excesses. It probably would not have been good for us. That's why we never won. That's why uh, we're still And I poor. don't play, so that's why I never won. That's the reason. <laughs> yes, the reason. A ticket to win it. I always said if we won the lottery, I'd put Catholic radio stations up and down the East Coast. Yes. yes. But God then always says, but it's not just about you. I want to get everybody involved. Mm-hmm. Would have mm-hmm. been too easy, too easy to win the lottery. And okay, you're all off the hook. Yeah, yeah. But everyone God wants has to have that everybody ownership. to join in. Yeah, and be part of this wonderful work. Yes. Of Catholic radio and media. And distributing cards to pray for our country mm-hmm. in great need. So maybe put the shout out again if somebody wants these beautiful, looks like a postcard. I wish in a way I could just mail these to people. I suppose I could put a label on the back. But well, it's if I left sided. if I left the back, well, if I left yeah. the back blank, you could have. But yeah. I, yeah. No, but it's it's perfect the way. But it I'll is. tell you what, we're laminated. getting we're getting requests from other parts of the country. Um, California, going, Texas. So don't yeah. wait. Yeah, they're they're going. Like hotcakes, as they used to say. Go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, and uh, up on top there's a a prayer. uh, Just put your cursor over the word prayer, and a little uh, menu drops down. Click on Prayer for the United States of America, and um, tell us how many you need, who you are, and where to send them, and we will get them out. And I want to thank Janet and Elizabeth, our, our mm-hmm. niece Elizabeth, who have been doing so much wonderful work. I came in and all those books were shelved. Did you happen to go back to my little library? No. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful job, Elizabeth, if you're listening. Aunt Janet, you're probably listening. Please, please thank Elizabeth for us and wish her the best of luck as uh, next week it's back to school. No, she started yesterday. Oh, ho, ho. Yesterday, freshman went yesterday. Oh. In fact, George Rose's son, he, George, uh, his son is a freshman at Notre Dame at as well. At the same. Okay. All right. They I both, know they're they doing this yesterday. hybrid version of some days on, some days home, some days in, some days out, but I think virtual they, and non. Um, the guys were saying this morning, because they, they recorded their program this morning, of course it airs at 6 o'clock, so stay tuned for that. But um, they were saying that um, I guess a lot of the public schools are doing their virtual learning, but the Catholic mm. schools are opening. They're starting in class, That's in right. classroom. Yeah. That's right. Well, they can pray every day, and they can pray this away, and they trust in the Lord. Right. And... Well, guess what? We have our friend Claire Dwyer joining us in about a few minutes to talk about Mother Teresa's letter on women. So you stay where you are, my friends. There's more to come on Friday Live. Don't go away. We lift up our-
Welcome back, friends. Happy to have you here on this last half hour uh, leading up to this beautiful Labor Day weekend. And uh, we want to welcome to the program, oh, a wonderful friend of ours. And uh, she's a blogger. She's an author. She's a a, a beautiful person, mom, wife. And we uh, know that uh, she has something very special to talk about today because tomorrow we celebrate the feast of St. Teresa of Calcutta, Mother, Mother Teresa. Welcome, Claire Dwyer. How are you, Claire? Hi, Jim and Cheryl. I'm great. How are you? It's good to be here. Good to hear you that you've survived the uh, Arizona summer, although it's still going on, right? Oh, gosh. Yes. In <laughs> fact, my daughter said today we went outside. She's like, how does it feel hotter than ever? It's just because, I said, honey, it's because we're in month number, you know. Yes. I'm looking at my weather. of triple digits. I'm looking at my weather app, and it says Phoenix is 115 degrees. <laughs> it's been a record. It's been a record-setting year, and we've had almost no rain. So on uh. top of, like, you know, a plague, we feel like we're in the middle of the Old Testament here. <laughs> There's, like, droughts and, you know. <laughs> COVID, what else? You've got a little bit of everything. Wow. I can remember it, and we just lived there the three years, but you would start counting the days and maybe even placing bets for the first day that it would go under 100. Mm-hmm. And you'd get all excited yeah. about it. So if it's 115, you can have your Labor Day barbecue by just throwing some meat on the sidewalk. That's right. <laughs> practically. <laughs> practically. And the pools feel like a bathtub. Yeah, so we that know that. Even help. We know yeah. that. We know that. But you know what? It's going to get nice in just That's a few months, right. and then hopefully we'll be back out there in February for a few weeks. I hope yeah. to come. We love that. We love that area. But again, today, a, a beautiful day tomorrow, the Feast of, uh, of St. Uh, Teresa of Calcutta. And... Uh, Claire, you uh, have written a, a wonderful piece that uh, you shared with me, and it's on your, um, I guess it's your, your, what you consider your blog at uh, mm-hmm. eventhesparrow.com. Even the Sparrow, yep. Mm-hmm. Right. I just, I mean, I just love St. Teresa. I always want to still call her Mother Teresa because she was such a mother mm-hmm. to all of us, to the world. I mean, there was a good, for good reason that. She just had this universal appeal, and it didn't matter what faith you were. Um, you just were drawn to her. It was like uh, this magnetic personality. And we, I think we were all surprised to discover after she died that even though she just radiated this love and light, she was herself in this darkness for mm-hmm. decades. Yeah. I read that so, book that, that her, I'm, I can't think of the title right now, but it was about the, her 50 years, basically, of... Uh, of that darkness. Like, like darkness Night of, of the, the soul. soul. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And it was, it was, she was almost like, I've heard it said that she was like a victim soul. Mm-hmm. So this was a, this is not, you know, a typical spiritual experience. Thank goodness God doesn't ask us this of most of us, but it was, um, it, and she came to see it by the end of her life as a gift. Yeah. yeah. That in the darkness, he was giving her um, a unique spiritual gift. 
So, but another gift of hers, in addition to her love and her, uh, you know, her the mercy that she showed so beautifully on the streets with all of the people that were unwanted by the rest of the world, she also had this gift for truth and telling it like it was. And we have all these examples of her addressing, you know, um, delegations or assemblies of, you know, legislators or politicians, and she would not hold back. For right. a little tiny and she woman. she could get away right. with it. Yeah, That's she, right. She was a powerhouse. That's yeah. right. She uh, was. She was this tiny, straight-talking powerhouse, and <laughs> she was probably the only one who could get away with that and still be invited back. That's right. But thank goodness for well, her yeah. because— I remember, this you know, is if a I could, time when we need it. Yeah, I remember that that time, and it's, it's been passed around the internet. But when she was giving a talk, and I there was the prayer breakfast or what? But there, I know mm-hmm. President and Hillary Clinton were in the front row, and and Al Gore right. and Tipper there, and he she just she didn't mother just went not into them personally, but about the culture, and they were looking down. Their mm-hmm. feet were you know they didn't know where they didn't know what to do. They just like little kids being scolded because <laughs> she wasn't even right. direct. She wasn't even directly going to at them, but just just the culture just itself. Speaking yeah. on the topic, right? Right. Just mention abortion, and they all reach for their water glass, right? <laughs> I mean, they. Where do you look? That's um, right. And there, so there's this beautiful story, and that this uh, is very timely, not only because her feast day is tomorrow, but also this year marks, in fact, this month marks the 25th anniversary of an important event for the world, which. Most of your listeners probably don't know about, but it was the fourth um, World Conference on Women that was held, um, that the United Nations held in Beijing, China, mm-hmm. in 1995. Mm-hmm. Now, even if you haven't heard of that conference, you have heard of the word gender, right? right? right. Which was kind of um, launched into the world platform through that conference. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's very very significant. Um, How many of us have gone to the doctor and we're not asked if we're male or female, we're asked what our gender is. And, you know, there's how many now that we could say that we are, which of course the church teaches is, is a lie. Mm -hmm. You know, God, God created male and female. And um, so this, this conference is, it was interesting because the months before the conference opened, as often happens, um, the delegations would draft documents. And so these were documents that were going to be ratified at the conference, but not written there. So the Vatican um, has a delegation involved in the United Nations. And so they were seeing these documents come out that were very uh, concerning for um, anybody, not just Catholics, but any country that holds, that has a value of life of the unborn or authentic motherhood and femininity. Um, and, they, and the nuclear family, even, you know, there was just, they, it was very concerning for anybody that had um, positions in favor of life and, and authentic family and motherhood. So the Pope, Pope John Paul II, knowing this was coming, wrote his famous letter to women. So in the summer before the conference, he wrote the letter to women, which is uh, very well known. And in the letter, he thanked women of all different walks of life, you know, religious women and mothers and c- women with careers and for their gift to the world and the gift that they were. And he affirmed them as women, not because they were just like men, but because they weren't and because they had unique gifts. Um, 
And but he also knew that it would probably be a good idea if a woman wrote a letter mm-hmm. <laughs> um, for the occasion. And so he asked Mother Teresa to write a letter as well um, in, in anticipation of this very important conference that was happening. And so she did. And we have this letter and it's not as well known. So I wrote the post because I thought this is just something that we all need to be reminded of today. Mm-hmm. And uh, on the anniversary of, of her death, but also on the anniversary of this important um, meeting that the world held um in fact, it was on her what is now her feast day. So tomorrow, September 5th, 1995, 25 years ago, Hillary Clinton addressed the United Nations at that meeting and had a very different message than what Mother Teresa wrote. But if you're up for it, I'll read part of the letter. Yeah, please do, Claire, because our your listeners, listeners can I, hear. Absolutely. Please do. Okay. And I'll mention, too, that it was interesting— my father happened to be at the meeting. That's how I know about the existence of this letter. In fact, he brought um, home with him a photocopy of the original. Wow. Um, but the, 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 he was a lobbyist for pro-life and pro-family, the pro-family movement at the meeting and friends with some of the delegations that were much more pro-life and pro-family than, you know, the United States, for example, or a lot of the first world countries. Mm-hmm. But they wanted to keep this letter a secret. And so they um, they f- secretly found people to translate it into all the uh, languages of the United Nations, and they kept it in a hotel room, and they ran a photocopy machine out of their hotel room oh. to oh copy this message until it was time to announce it at a press conference. Mm. Oh and when they would talk about it amongst themselves, they would, they would call it the MT Project, for MT for Mother Teresa, but it sounded like empty. Empty. Yes. Mm -hmm. So they would talk amongst themselves and nobody else at the conference knew that Mother Teresa even had any kind of involvement. Wow. Anyway, it's just interesting little side message. But at that press conference on September 12th, 1995, um, one of the delegates, Mercedes Wilson, who was a friend, a personal friend of Mother Teresa, read this letter to the world. And it starts, Dear Friends, I am praying for God's blessing on all who are taking part in the Fourth World Conference on Women in Beijing. I hope that this conference will help everyone to know, love, and respect the special place of women in God's plan so that they may fulfill this plan in their lives. I do not understand why some people are saying that women and men are exactly the same. Don't you love how she's just like, this doesn't make any sense. Right. And are denying the beautiful differences between men and women. All God's gifts are good, but they are not all the same. As I often say to people who tell me that they would like to serve the poor as I do, what I can do, you cannot. What you can do, I cannot. But together, we can do something beautiful for God. It is just this way with the differences between women and men. God has created each one of us, every human being, for greater things, to love and to be loved. But why did God make some of us men and others women? Because a woman's love is one image of the love of God, and a man's love is another image of God's love. Both are created to love, but each in a different way. Woman and man complete each other and together show forth God's love more fully than either can do alone. Mm. That special power of loving that belongs to a woman is seen most clearly when she becomes a mother. 
Motherhood is the gift of God to women. How grateful we must be to God for this wonderful gift that brings such joy to the whole world, women and men alike. And remember, she was speaking as a mother herself, right? So we understand that even women that don't have physical children are called to mother spiritually and emotionally and that the world (laughs) so desperately needs um, that kind of life-giving love that women have this unique capacity for. Like an extra sensory nurturing capability, right? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And then she goes on and she says, we, yet we can destroy this gift of motherhood, especially by the evil of abortion, but, but also by thinking that other things like jobs or positions are more important than loving than giving oneself to others. No job, no plans, no possessions, no idea of freedom can take the place of love. So anything that destroys God's gift of motherhood destroys his most precious gift to women, the ability to love as a woman. And you have to remember, too, what the conference was aiming to do was to liberate women from many legitimate things. I mean, we can't pretend that women haven't suffered tremendously and still in many places suffer uh, injustice and um, do not have the freedom that they that they should have to grow and, and to be whole persons. Mm-hmm. But in so many ways, this conference and so many other, you know, policies worldwide want to force so many countries, poorer countries that can't defend themselves to accept these radical ideas like, you know, forced sterilization. Isn't it ironic they have this conference on women in China mm-hmm. yeah, where right. millions of women are aborted Right. You know, because they have this one or two child policy that they have. And not only that, but they, you know, coercively sterilize millions of women. Right. Um, and left and, to die because you know. they are female. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. And most of them don't want it. And right. yet they're told, like, this is, you know, liberation. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's an extreme example. But even, you know, in my father's work in um, international pro-life, he has seen it time and time again. First world countries will go to third world countries where life is protected in their constitution. Yeah. And they'll offer to help them if, if they will accept abortion and sterilization and contraception. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's just this irony that what they say is going to bring freedom really just brings enslavement. Right. And um, Mother Teresa knew that, and she that's, you know, that's why that message was, was so important. And her letter goes on, and I won't read all of it, but it is on my website if you want to um, go over to even the sparrow.com. It's on the first page right now. And um, if you go to the end of the article, there is a link there, and you can actually see the letter that she wrote with her signature on it oh, and her yeah. Missionaries of Charity letterhead, which is kind of neat. That's mm-hmm. even the sparrow.com. Of course, we're talking with our friend Claire Dwyer. Uh, blogger, and are we talking about any kind of uh, upcoming project that you told me about uh, that's coming out? Uh, <laughs> well, funny you should ask. Yes, I just handed in a book, um, which is in the publisher's hands right now. Sophia Institute Press is publishing my book on Saint Elizabeth of the Trinity. It'll be called This Present Paradise. And I'm excited and I'm nervous, so maybe I'll come back and talk about that later. Claire, you yes, are always please. welcome to come back and be with us. And any, any, like I said, your blogs, everything, everything is so beautiful. And you know, as you were reading that letter from Mother Teresa, and she was talking about, really, it, it was talking about the complementarity between men and women 
on a, the spiritual level. We all know, of course, the complementarity of, of our physical nature, but uh, the complementarity of, of love on a spiritual nature, how what a woman can give and what a, a, a man can give and bring. And how uh, the children need both of those. Oh, yeah, that's right. so true, mm-hmm. right. so true. So again, Thank you so much for shedding light on that. I think it sounds like an excellent read. And to think that 25 years ago that there was still this, you know, agenda starting to creep out and spread and that you had to go underground to spread the good word and, and the truths that Mother Teresa wanted to share. It's true. It's really true. I remember my dad coming back from that conference and I was a college student at the time dating myself a little bit, but um, he said, I said, how was it? And he said, you know what just happened? He said, they just took a word, gender, which means, you know, that in other languages, right, it means like the masculine or feminine of a pronoun. Mm -hmm. They said they just redefined it to mean basically anything they want it to mean. And he said, just watch what's going to happen. Yeah, set us up for 95. Right, exactly. Right, especially you see what's going on today. We the fallout from that now, so that was... um, But the church always knows. The church anticipates, right? Even before that was a reality, Pope John Paul II had already written about theology the body and written we are a stigmatonym and written to women because we knew that we were going to need reinforcements. And so mm-hmm. we have to pray for his intercession, pray for St. Teresa of Calcutta's intercession, especially tomorrow, that our world will get back on track and Amen. we will rediscover the beauty of how God created us. Yeah, yes. beautiful. Claire, thank you so much for uh, being with us and for sharing all these wonderful, wonderful insights, uh, especially on this day, the, the eve of the... Uh, the feast of our dear Mother Teresa, St. Teresa of Calcutta. And any release date on your uh, your book? Hold to expect it in December. December, okay. Oh. Well, we'll certainly have you back then. All right, then. It'll be right. cooler for you then, too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'll be a happy girl. All right. Very, very good. Have a great Labor Day weekend, Claire, you and your family. Thanks for being with us today. God bless you. It's always a great joy to talk to both of you. Thank you. Good to hear from you. Bye-bye now. All right, friends. It started like it does for many people. Question my faith and question authority. And I feel that the reason why I left was the the draw of the world. The world was pulling me away. Some people would say, you know, Satan would, you know, Satan was working on me. He did not want me in church. He wanted me to be desperate. He wanted me to have uh, the thoughts of suicide. I started to realize that a lot of the things that I experienced in my life were a result of my rebellion against God and against authority. Coming back to the church is the first step in healing from all of the hurts of the world. I went from being desperate and in despair to finding hope and encouragement for for the future. I'm on God's team. I, I know who I belong to and I know where I'm going and there's nothing that can separate me from God's love. Take another look at the Catholic Church. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. We asked people all over America, what have you done for your marriage today? Boy, I gave a huge hug this morning, like a really big squeeze that lasted forever. Great kiss. Those things are really important. (laughs) She got a really short haircut that she hated, and I wrote her a note and put it up on the mirror saying that she was a cute girl with cute hair. What have I done for my marriage today? We've actually organized a date night tonight. What have I done for my marriage today? Wow, that is a great question. 
Uh, I took the baby while she worked. I got up with the baby while he slept. Yeah. <laughs> Today, I sent an email to my husband, and I said, you rock. Well, I've done today what I usually do, and that is obey. I listened to my wife uh, when we talked on the telephone today. She really likes it when I listen. What have you done for your marriage today? Little things can make a big difference. For ideas, go to foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Communication Campaign. All right. Welcome back, friends. And again, thanks to Claire Dwyer. Always a joy having Claire on. She does great work. 115 great. in Phoenix today. So Great research. But it's a dry heat. Although That's this was right. kind of monsoon season. Wouldn't they call August? Oh, no, September now, but... Remember yeah. they say monsoons? Is it, that, monsoon, you expect this downpour. Torrential. Like a few <laughs> drops of rain would come Drizzle down. a little monsoon. bit. Monsoon. <laughs> but she said it's been so dry they need the rain. Yeah. Oh, my yeah, goodness. Yeah. But the dry that's desert. the desert. The problem with that area, we found out, and is they built it up so much. So all the concrete and asphalt retains the heat. Yeah, yeah. Whereas a true desert, at night, the heat goes back up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> doesn't and stay there. Cool. Right. <laughs> get cool in desert. Right. God, and you don't mess around with, with God's work. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. As we celebrate God's creation this month, the bishop was saying. That's right. Well, hopefully by, well, not your birthday, next week, is it? Next week? Mm, a week from Sunday. That's a week from Sunday, so that's mm-hmm. next week. Mm-hmm. That's always like the turning point, I think, we get closer to the mid-September, fall. Right. fall. Yeah. But you could still get what they call it Indian summer. Oh, no, it's um, Indigenous People Summer. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Political correctness. Oh, it gets me every time. Indigenous People Summer. Well, the warm weather continues throughout September. We'll have to ask Jim, the weatherman, what is the proper point phrase. I wonder if people are having Labor Day parties. Yeah, maybe. You can have them. I mean, obviously you can have them. You obviously can. It's, It's whether or not you feel safe. I spoke with a gentleman the other day at church. He said he finally got to see his grandchildren. Now, they're not little babies. They're like, you know, um, elementary school age. Mm. But uh, he showed me a picture. He goes, I hadn't seen them since February, and they just got together. So it's just how everybody feels, that comfort level. People's different comfort levels. Yeah, yeah, that's all there is to it. No, they're saying, um, I mean, the numbers are looking better and better every day. Absolutely. What I can read, so hopefully... And I was reading, actually not reading, again, you'll hear, coming up at 6 o'clock, Bill Maher and George Rose, brothers in arms, um, Bill will explain how, he's in, was in pharmaceuticals and things, how a virus, it, as it mutates, will get less severe mm-hmm. because it doesn't want to be so strong that it kills its host. Hmm. So it mutates to, be, to adapt. So that's why and viruses kind of go away. Oh. oh. So... But you know, or, well, or live on, but at, at a much less, much less severity. Yeah. But even now, you, you can contract this, maybe not feel anything, maybe have a little bit of illness. It doesn't mean automatically you're rushed to the hospital. No. And you have to start planning a, a requiem mass. Right. But points were made too. I think I, I saw on the news how when it first hit at its hardest in in the spring, in March, April. It was a tough one. We didn't know how to hand, what to do. Nobody was. We were caught off guard. Now we're pretty much on top of things. Plus, mm-hmm. it's mutating and becoming less severe in, in mm-hmm. so many cases. So, you know, even the even the um, the Spanish flu in 1918, 1919 lasted two years, but it eventually went away. Right. It had a horrible, destructive path around the world, but it eventually went away. So mm-hmm. it's going to go away. Yes. Um, 
hopefully sooner than later, or it's on its way out. I know. But, I know. We are all being, uh, our patience is being tested. Right. But we will persevere, as the bishop says. We pray. We stay close to the church. And, uh, all right. Well, you guys have a great Labor Day weekend. and, well, uh, and enjoy the beautiful Enjoy the air. great weather. And I'll be here on Tuesday. God willing, we'll be back next Friday. So have a great weekend. God bless you. Bye now.